Thank you for listening to the podcast. This is the sermon that I gave last week at New Hope Baptist Church in Mississippi Starkville. In this, I speak of eternity that lies before us and how we need to be careful and how we live our life. And we need to be careful of the decisions that we make. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Begin, uh, begin by telling you how, how I came to know the Lord Jesus. Many of you wonder, a guy from Nepal, especially from the country where there are about 33 millions God, how did I become Christian? So when I was about 13, uh, 14 years old, my grandmother, she brought a book. She was a Hindu. She was not a Christian. But she, she brings me a, a Bible saying, hey, Sarath, you like to read. You like to read. I have seen you read a lot of books. So I bought you this, another book. Would you like to read this? And I said, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd, I'd like to read that. And little did she know, little did I know, that book was the Bible. So nobody verbally, actively preached the gospel to me. Actually, God, I think, he, in his sovereignty, in his grace, came to, brought the Bible to me. And he said, and then I started reading that Bible. Then I, I started uh, learning the name of Jesus in that Bible. And I'm like, this day is a God that's Jesus? First, my first instinct was that, okay, he's 33 million plus one God. So there's no big deal about it. But then I read the book of Matthew, I read the book of John, and then I would see Jesus is claiming to be the only God, there's no other God. And then I said, my goodness, I gotta, I, I, I have to believe in this guy. I have to trust my life with this guy. So I would make a decision alone myself on the, uh, at that house in, in that place. And I said, well, God, if you're the only one, if Jesus is the only savior that is for us, then I want to believe in you. I want to live my life as though you exist. And then that's when I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. That's, that's how I got saved. And five years later, about five, six years later, first time I went to church, not even the place where I was born, where I grew up in Kathmandu. That's the capital city of Nepal. That's where I, that's where the first time I went to church and I said, wow. There are many Christians just like me because I was the only one in that village. I was the only one. Nobody knew that I was a Christian because I had just accepted Jesus. And I said, I'm going to live by what the word of God says. That's all going to be my approach. And that's how I came to believe in Jesus. And then I uh, met pastors again five years later and he would preach and he would say, OK, this is how you ought to live. This is this is the gospel. This is. I remember asking him questions for hours. We'd sit down and then I'd just ask him questions for hours and he would answer me. I'd say, why, Pastor, why is this John, Mark, Luke, and uh, um, Matthew, they're all the same. Why are they saying the same story over and over? Then he would explain to me, Sarav, they, they are different disciples of Jesus. And they're saying the story of Jesus from their uh, own account and on do- own documentation. And that's how I came to know the Lord. Now, in 2016, I came to the United States. I met her, my wife, in 2017. We got married this um, 2022 June, actually several months ago. I married her, and uh, that's how And God has brought us in this place. I stand here, and I'm humbled by what God has done, what God has been doing in my life. And I see all of you here, and God brought you all here. I believe that God has brought you in this place 
to encourage all of us, to uh, lead us and to remind us and, uh, and to lead us into living a spiritual life that pleases and honors our God in heaven. So that's my short version of my testimony. If you want to know long version of my story, I invite me to your home and I'll tell you. <laughs> so today, though, I'd like to talk to us about the importance of living our lives with eternity in our mind, eternity in our heart. And uh, you see, I, I've seen many people, I work uh, primarily among college students. So in, in Minnesota, where we were, and we moved here recently, actually, actually about four months ago. We worked with a lot of college students, and I'll tell them continuously, hey, guys, you need to understand this. It is not just about saying I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus. There's much more than that. And then I'll tell them repeatedly, and they would prioritize their school and job and everything uh, before God himself. So I would remind them, hey, it is not about just doing those things. Jobs, careers, all of those things are necessary only if you make them tools to advance the kingdom of God. So many Christians neglect to intentionally contemplate on the issue of eternity. And that's by hanging out with the college students. I know that. I've seen them walk and I've, I've seen them prioritize something that is completely unnecessary over uh, going to church and over praying, over reading the Bible, over living a Christian life. So sadly, many, many in the world are in the business of advancing their own kingdom over the kingdom of God. And I want to talk to us uh, as a reminder about the eternity. Yes, there is an eternity. We need to be thinking about that. We need to be contemplating. We need to be getting excited about that. And by that, I'm not here to do eschatological exposition by no means. I'm not capable of that. So I just want to merely remind all of us that eternity is right before us. Eternity is there and God is waiting for us. And we need to pay attention and put things of this world into proper order. Not like we do, we don't want to misplace their positions in our lives. So that's my goal today. And before we go on, let's quickly pray and then uh, I'll, I'll get into the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this morning. We come before you worshiping you and thanking you, Lord. Thank you for this time, Lord. I know, God, you're here in this place, in this, in this place, Lord. Now, help us to listen the word and meditate on them and to learn from you. Holy Spirit, you speak through me today. I'm not, I'm not capable. I'm not qualified to speak. I'm not the person, Lord. But only by your grace, only by what you have done for us on the cross, you have put me in this place, Lord. So I pray now, uh, lead us and guide us, all of us, to learn your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So I said I titled today's topic as pursuit of eternity. By pursuit of eternity, I simply mean this, this is the simple definition is living and acting in awareness that awareness that there is life beyond this earth. That, that's it. That's what I mean by. And I'll, I'll refer to it as possessing eternity or having eternity mindset. All of that. And all that means is. Living in awareness that there is eternity. That's, that, that's all I mean by that. So, interestingly, eternity to many is a strange idea. You, you guys have seen more than I have. You have experienced, you've known that people, when you talk about there's heaven and hell, and then people will say, oh, that's a bizarre and strange idea. What do you mean by there's heaven and hell? Hell, we, are, we die and that's all for us. 
I was talking to one of the sisters um, from Nepal. I told her, hey, are you really prepared to go to, prepare to die? And she said, well, we don't know what's after death, so I'm not worried about death, she said. And I'm like, that's exactly why you need to be terrified of death, because you don't know exactly what's going on after death. That, instead of comforting you, that should be terrifying to you. And then I said, if you want to be comforted, if you want to know about Jesus, Jesus is the one who will stand at the gate of heaven after you die. So I, I told her, you need to know the word, at least live, read the Bible, see what Jesus is saying. And I was able to preach the gospel. And many have that this mindset that we don't know what happens after death. So why worry about that now? And I say to them, well, exactly. You don't know what's after death. You better worry now because that's going to be eternity after that. And some have also argued that eternity or heaven and hell is just the state of your mind. It's just in your consciousness. So it's when Jesus speaks about uh, being tormented in hell, he's just talking about being tormented in, in physical state. And some say when Jesus speaks about heaven, it's just the pleasure we experience on earth. And these are some of the opinions and interpretations of the Bible out there. And uh, some uh, prominent, these progressive Christianity, you, you've heard of, that, heard of them. And they will say there's no literal heaven and hell. It just, just, Jesus didn't mean by that there's a literal heaven and hell. So there are many interpretations, various opinions about existence of hell and heaven. But, so before we go into pursuing eternity and, and learning about eternity, let's, let's see if Jesus is talking about literal heaven or literal hell, or he just, or it is just the disciples' mere fabrication. And to get right answer, we have to again turn to the Word of God. And I want to go in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 34. And I want to read that to you. It says, Then the king will say to those on the right, King, our Jesus Christ. Then he will say, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And in Matthew 25, verse 41, it says, Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, Jesus is talking about there's a eternal life that is prepared for the righteous people, people who are who belong to the kingdom of God. And he's saying there's, there's eternal fire, eternal damnation that is not prepared for the people, that is prepared for the devil and his angels, not for people, devil and his angels. But then he says, you are cursed because you will you, you do not accept what I have brought to you. You are I invited you to my kingdom. I said, come unto me. And drink from the well that I have brought, prepared for you. Drink from the bread of life. Uh, eat from the bread of life. And you say, no, I rather live in sin and I rather die in my sin. And they will go in the eternal damnation. So Jesus speaks of eternal life and eternal, uh, eternal death. And now again in verse 46, it says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You see? In this room, I believe we are all believers in Christ. And we are, we are to go into eternal life because we have believed in the righteousness of Christ. We have said, yes, Jesus, you died for us on the cross 
And you were, you were resurrected on the third day. And I believe now in you and I continually surrender to you. That is why not on my own strength, not on my work, not on my work of my hands, simply in the work of the Christ on the cross. That is exactly why I believe that I will go into eternal life. And all the righteous people who are in this room will inherit the eternal life. But not the people who said, no, I don't believe you, Jesus. I don't believe in the work of your, your work on the cross. They will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus clarifies that there is eternal punishment, eternal death, and eternal life in the book of Revelation. Um, John writes about second death. And there is first death on earth. We'll all die. And there is another death after we die and we appear before Jesus Christ. So it's pretty clear that these statements uh, uh, Matthew documenting this word of Jesus is pretty clear. It is talking about eternal, everlasting life. It is talking about eternal life and eternal death. And it is talking about something to come that is not here. That is something to come. So also another thing we can simply argue is this. If there is, if, if Jesus is talking about present life, like many people have interpreted the Bible, if he's talking about that, then the evil not all the time gets punished in this world, right? There are a lot of evil people who die before they get punished. They don't go to prison. They don't suffer. They just live a extravagant evil life and they die in the end. So where is the justice? Our God is the just God. So if any, everything happens on earth, there is no eternity, then the evil doesn't get punished. And there's evil all around us, right? We see there's so much evil and people are mortals. We die. So we live very short life, a transient life. And sometimes we all will be standing before God. And then God will deliver his justice to the evil. He will reward to the righteous. He will reward, but both, but both will be rewarded in heaven before God. That is why I think Bible isn't speaking of the earthly life only. I think it reminds us and therefore it warns us that there's eternity and no one will escape that judgment of God. God will hold accountable to all his people, believers and non-believers, all will be held accountable at, the, at his presence. So there is this eternity. Now, eternity is something that is everlasting, that never ends. So my now main concern would be, my question would be, if there is eternity, if there is eternity to all of us, it's, uh, should we dare to live our lives so casually, uh, focused on the temporal things of this world? Or should we be more concerned and focused on the life that is before us? So I want to bring three points today about pursuing eternity. And because as a Christian, again, I say we shouldn't really casually approach this Christian life. This is a blessing. If you guys don't know that, I'll say this again, because this is a blessing. Being in Christ being saved by his grace, being saved from our sinfulness, and especially a guy like me, I, I come from Nepal, right? How, what are the odds that God will, God would save me? What are the odds in the midst of 33 millions God and in the midst of no gospel, in the midst of no churches that God saves me? Really thin. The odds are really thin, but God saved me. So God is after us. He's always pursuing us. God is sovereign in his nature. God is amazing and wonderful. And we are blessed. All of, all of us in this room are blessed to be able to be in his kingdom, to belong to him, to belong to Christ. So 
first thing we need to do is spend our time seeking eternal things, seeking eternal life. And I want to read from John chapter 6, verse 26 to 27. It says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy, spend your time seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. So if you, if you have read this part of the Bible, uh, he feeds 5,000 people, right? And then next day, people come to him like, Hey, Jesus, I, aren't you going to do another miracle, another <laughs> big feast so we can eat again? So they are looking for Jesus. Jesus is not at, at the place where he fed 5,000. So they are going looking for Jesus Christ. Back then, 2,000 years ago, food was a scarcity. It wasn't as um, lavish as right now in America. It wasn't like that. Food was a rare thing. So they, they, if they could eat uh, uh, loaves of bread and fish, then they would be excited. So they, they're coming to look for Jesus. But Jesus says, I know exactly why you're here. I know you're pursuing things uh, that I did a couple of days ago. You want to eat. That's why you're here. And Jesus says, Jesus says, like, hey, spend your time, spend your energy, not looking for the perishable things that are food, but spend your time looking and seeking eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Jesus makes it pretty clear. He says that, yes, and, and for us today, for all of us today, we are looking for, like if you see in the world, you guys have lived a great life. You have seen many things more than I have, more than I probably will. And you, have, you know there are people looking and running, chasing after the temporary things, the things that perish, like jobs, fames. You have seen people just go after that and forsake the faith in Christ. And you, as you can see, the empty pews here, like people are out there. The world is out there pursuing and chasing after things that are going to perish. Nobody, if people were looking for the eternal things, these pews would be full today. Right. And we know that. And Jesus says he warns us. Hey, he warns us. He says, spend your time not looking for the perishable things that will be gone today. But seek Seek after the eternity. Seek after eternal things. Seek eternal life. That's what the that's what Jesus says. And in another place, he says, First John five twelve. He says, "He who has the Son has the life. He who does the he who does not have the Son, Son of God, does not have the life." So we all have the Son today, and we have life. But there are people out there who do not have the Son. Therefore, they do not have life. And John reminds us that, hey, if you are not in Christ, if you if you're not living in in Christ alone, in by his by having faith in Christ alone, then you do not have life. And you and the life you think this this world offers is temporary, it is not eternal. So possessing or pursuing eternity means spending our time, resources, seeking and and seeking and advancing the kingdom of God. Seeking after the eternal life. That is what the Bible says. If you know Christ, then we have been offered the greatest gift of all. That is the salvation in Christ Jesus. So my question to all of us is, how do we spend our time? How do we spend our energy? Do we look and seek for eternal things? That is the word of God. 
advancing his kingdom or supporting those who are advancing the kingdom or prayerfully and, and uh, uh, interceding before God for the people who are out there in the field. How are we spending our time? How are we spending our energy today? So it is better. We, we better learn to prioritize what is important because I say this often. Christians have their priorities backward because they want to prioritize what this world can offer before God again. Our school, job, work, and all that thing that the world prioritize the things of the world before they prioritize the word of God. But we need to learn what should be first and what should be second. And that's spend your time. That's the first thing I would like to offer is spend your time. Spend our time seeking after the things of eternity. And believe in the promises of Christ to give us eternal life. That's the second one. And I would like to read from the book of John, chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. And it says this. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternity, will have eternal life. Again, he says, everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved this world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. You see this? It talks about everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. So those who have believed in Jesus will have eternal life. Now it is, I think, believing in Jesus is much more than simply confessing. It is more than simply saying, Jesus, I believe you. It is a continual, unconditional surrender to God. Believing means changing our lifestyle. And, and our faith in Christ should not be part of our life. Our life should be, our life should be part of, uh, our, our faith should be, or our life should be part of faith. Actually, that's what I meant. <laughs> our faith is, should be the center, it should be the foundation, it should be the center of our life. And everything, everything else should surround in that faith. But many people make Christianity part of their life. They go, yeah, I go to church. That's just part of my life. And I think that's wrong. Believing in Jesus should be completely, unconditionally surrendering to Him. Because we are trading our rotten souls, right? Our rotten self, we are sinful, heinous and completely corrupt soul, we're we're exchanging that for the grace of God, for the eternal life. And God's righteous, he righteously clothes us. And that's what Jesus does for us. We give him what's rotten, what's worthless, and God gives us the most worthful thing in the entire universe. So believing in Jesus means sin more than Simply confessing in Jesus. It means living our lives in Him, in Jesus. So if we really believe, have we done that? Have, do we act as though we believe? You know, I've, I see many Christians sometimes, many Christians, and you wouldn't even know they're Christians sometimes because the way they behave, the way they talk, the way, the way they respond to the crisis, the way they deal with, uh, with the things of this world. Right now, in America, there is a political chaos, right? We are all aware of that. Political, um, there's a, they, they, you, you, you pick a side. Some say I'm a Republican. Some say I'm a Democrat. There is a division within the church. There is so much division. And, and nobody thinks, nobody is thinking right now that what God is thinking. 
Nobody's thinking that what the, how they are hurting the gospel, how they're hurting the word of God, how they're hurting God's kingdom. Because they think, yes, I'll pick this side, I'll pick that side. We should not be picking a side. We should be preaching the gospel. And many Christians, uh, I think that it's not good that we are so involved in politics, we forget that we are Christian. We ought to live our life representing as the ambassador of Christ. We forget that. We shouldn't be picking a side. We should be preaching gospel to both. I'm like, you're a Democrat, you're a Republican. Jesus loves you both. But remember this, more than that, you're picking up side on this world. You're forgetting there's eternity that lies before us. So, you're so we are so focused on temporary things, temporary, temporary things that we forget to represent the gospel of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, when he walked the land of Israel, he didn't say, oh, you're a Pharisee or you're a Sadducee, you're Gentile. He didn't say he preached the gospel. He sat with sinners and he talked with uh, Nicodemus, the righteous man, the sinners. All he was like, he, was, he knew that all of them needed gospel. Everybody needs gospel. Christians, the Republicans, Democrats, we don't care who, but all of them need gospel. And that's why let's not pick a side. Let's just preach the gospel and represent as Christian, the people of God. That's that when we believe in the gospel, when we believe there's eternity before us, that's exactly what we will do. We'll represent Jesus. Because why do I say that? Again, we'll stand before Jesus and we'll be accountable to him. In the end, we'll, we'll give an account of everything that we did on this planet. And at that time, I don't think Jesus will, <laughs> Jesus will say, are you Republican? No, I think he will say, do you believe in me? Did you believe in me? And many will say on that day, according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, many will say, Jesus, did I not prophesy? Did I not do this? Jesus will say, I do not know you. You depart from me who you are evil. So on that day, picking a side won't matter. On that day, one thing that will matter is, have you believed in Jesus? And have you believed and confessed the only son that God gave to us? Did you believe in him? Did you trust your soul to him? That's what will happen in the end. So first thing, again, spend our time doing and seeking eternal life, the things of eternity. We are not the people of this world. We are the people of the world that, world that is to come. Second, believe in Jesus. That is, con- unconditionally surrender your life and give it to him, everything you have, and trust in Jesus Trust in Jesus. And the last one I would like to share today is, now, these are, the previous two were a little tense. Now, this is an exciting one. Live in anticipation of eternal life. This is exciting. I, I, every time I think of being with Jesus, I get really excited. It's like, wow, I'm going to be with Jesus. So if I die today, I'm okay, because I'm going to be with Jesus. Are you anticipating that day when you'll stand before the Messiah? the one you served all your life, will you be excited or will you be dreadful? That's a question. But if you're excited, that's a good news. If you're dreadful, then we go before him asking him, God, I don't want to be dreadful. I want to be excited for the life that is coming. And sometimes I like to contemplate on death because death is going to be my entryway to life. And we all need to have this proper perspective on death is we need not to be frightened about what is to come. Our certainty is in Christ Jesus. So Christian life is delightful. It is exciting. It is joyful. It is so exciting. I know 
Many people are find Christianity boring and they will never, never come to church. This morning as we sang the hymns, I was so joyful. It is so exciting because I am in the midst of his people and I'm singing hymns. And you don't get to sing hymns a lot of places nowadays. But my church back in Nepal, we sang hymns all the time and I love hymns. And I get, I, I'm thinking, God, it's so exciting. It is so joyful to be in your people's presence and in your presence and to sing about you. And that's the joy that God gives us. First Thessalonians 4.14 says, For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him, uh, with him the believers who have died. So those who have believed, the believers who have died in this, in this world, God will bring them back to life and to be with him. And that should excite us. That should be exciting. And you should live in, the, in, in that anticipation. I'm going to be with Jesus one day. All the pain, suffering, and heartaches, and the, all the ache of this world is going to be gone. We'll be in Jesus' presence, and He will love us, and we will love Him. We'll be adoring Him for eternity. It will never end, and there will be no pain. There will be no suffering. There will be no evil. There will be only light, righteousness, perfect. And we will be just like Him. Wow. What a wonderful news that is. Do we live in that anticipation? I hope we do, because I am living in that anticipation. I'm excited. When I'll be with Jesus, I'm excited. I'm going to be with Him. And my sufferings, my pain will be gone. My heart, my sleepless nights, pain, all of that will be gone. And I'll be with Jesus. And He will love me, and I will love Him. That should be our anticipation. Now, prize Jesus above everything else. Live with this mindset, live with this mind that I'll be with Jesus. Have anticipation of eternity. Now, in the end, I'm doing pretty well because I have one minute left. <laughs> and I'm about to conclude. And this will be my first time preaching half an hour, a half an hour message. I usually go 45 to one hour. <laughs> my wife is sleeping there, so she can... <laughs> but I, I, I want to, again, I want to remind us that God condescended to inferior creatures like us. And he gave his son freely to us to, to believe in him. He gave eternal life to us. And God is so loving and he's so wonderful. So I hope that you understand God is loving and wonderful. Also, he is wrathful. That is our God. He loves us, but also He's just. He will deliver His justice. So, if you want to pick a side, I hope you pick a side of Jesus. You be on Jesus' side. And if you need to spend more time praying, reading the Bible, preaching the gospel, there's somebody in your family who needs to know Jesus, tell them. Because nothing in this world really matters in land. Only Jesus matters. So, Again, let me wrap this sermon by um, reordering the th last three points I shared. Number one, spend, let, let us spend our time seeking the things that are, that are of eternity. And number two, let us believe in the promises of Jesus, that he will give us eternal life. Get excited about that and live, live in this anticipation that there is eternal life. And Christ will. 
He will give us that, 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 that crown of life. He will, he'll, he'll, he'll be with us. Live, it, live in that anticipation. Get excited about that. And finally, I want to say, if there's nobody, there's someone who hasn't heard the gospel in your family. Probably they have. Everybody is talking about Jesus. But if there's someone who hasn't uh, sincerely considered the word of Jesus, tell them about Jesus. Yes, you'll be entering happily with Jesus Christ. But also let us remember those who have not heard the gospel and help and pray in any way you can. Just get on this uh, boat where it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And I want to close today's sermon by saying this, that we all let, let us get excited about eternity. Also, let us be careful how we live our lives in this in this world. Uh, I, I, I know there are some people who have just their word about their property, their money, their houses, their land, their, their debts, all that. That's just temporary. That Those are the things that perish away. But eternity will never, it will never perish. So store your treasure for heaven. Okay? All right. That's today's message. I'd like to pray and close us in prayer. And then I think after that, I would hand you over. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this time, Lord. God, I want to pray this morning that people in this church, as they believe sincerely in you, they would also consider that there's eternity right before us and that we would be watchful, that we we'll would be attentive to your voice, that would sense your presence and would live in your presence, rejoicing joyfully, Lord, not dreading what is to come, but to be, to, but by being excited, oh Lord, and being joyful and rejoicing, Lord Father. I pray that we'd spend our time seeking the things of eternity and believing the things of eternity and, Lord, anticipating the things of eternity. Lord, I pray this message would be transformative and it would be, uh, Lord, it would be a reminder to all of us today in this sanctuary, Lord Father. Holy Spirit, impress these words in our heart now. We thank you for everything. In Jesus' mighty and awesome name I pray. Amen.